We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! How are you, Aaron? Uh, That's me powering down. <laughs> it's always good when you explain the joke seconds after. It makes yeah, it funnier. Yeah, you know, sometimes the audience is like, what the heck is happening? I'm doing well. I uh, I spent the um, the later afternoon carving my pumpkin for Halloween, and uh, it turned out pretty well. <laughs> yes, it did. So did you use that voice? <laughs> <laughs> because is your, a... did you carve a gangster into your pumpkin this Halloween? Is that the kind of laugh that, that you you got from that? That's uh, a you, gangster. Uh, laugh? It went like kind of New Yorkish. Uh, it was more like a sinister laugh. Was what I was going for. It was because oh, okay. it's like a mean looking pumpkin. Mm, okay. Well, I want photos later. I, I will share them. How are, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I actually have a question for you as a follow-up. Are you dressing up for Halloween this year? I always dress up for Halloween, of course. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. Have I decided on what I'm going to do? No, I have you've not got, had time. You've for got that. two days. <laughs> I do have two days, and I will come Maybe up. Maybe a day something. and a half. <laughs> so this will be solved. Um, you're good. You you doing? I'm well? good. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Good. Well, let's get into this. Out now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However. Every now and then, I like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our common, fun commentary tracks or something completely different. And this is a, another little bonus we have here. Uh, at the time you're hearing this, this is the, I guess, the conclusion of our our our, our spooky season episodes because we've certainly powered oh. a lot through here. We we did all the, our our bonus horror specials, which were super fun. Uh, we also managed to pack in an Exorcist commentary track, and we even uh, decided to talk about Bride of Frankenstein for a good long bit too. So yeah, we uh really out. Really outdid ourselves with the amount of free content we're sharing on the interwebs this this month. Um, and what better way <laughs> than to bring it all to a close than with five uh, uh, a discussion of Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, the the box office juggernaut that is this movie. And joining you and I to discuss Five Nights at Freddy's, we have from the Brandon Peters Show and Why So Blue, loser of the vote to become the next Fazbar fan versus treasurer. It's Brandon Peters. I always come back. <laughs> Why would he want to be treasurer? Are you a big fan of of balancing the uh the P and L there? I just collect dues from the animatronics. Yeah. Okay, yeah, That's I guess it. this makes sense. Yeah, and all you the take coins a cut that of their go earnings, the arcade yeah. machines and everything. Pay your dues. Yeah, yeah. I take yeah I take the coins, tickets, prizes, whatever. Basically. Okay, yeah. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, ready to talk about uh, as the cool kids call it, FNAF. <laughs> <laughs> I literally. Can't see it, but I'm pointing at the screen. FNAF. FNAF. <laughs> well, we are going to get into this. And this is the only thing we're going to do. Um, it's a special episode, and we're going to focus just ex- exclusively on Five Nights at Freddy's. As before we get FNAF. to our, Yep. Sorry. I, I I should really use that. Yeah, get it right. That very good um, <laughs> acronym. Acronym. Um, but uh, acrostic. Um, but before we, <laughs> before we go into that, let's talk about what this movie did this weekend. It opened Damage. in theaters and on Peacock simultaneously, which Universal's been doing with their horror films for the past few years, given the Halloween uh, sequels that came out. Um, and regardless of the fact that people can easily watch it at home, this movie made $78 million in North America this week and $130 million globally uh, off a $20 million budget. Uh, it is the biggest horror movie opening of the year. It has already passed the total grosses of Halloween Ends and Halloween Kills 
um in like a matter of like hours it'll pass this one of those because uh, that's like slightly more but that's going to change really quickly um it's the second largest video game movie opening ever um both happened in the same year be- behind mario of course um mm. it's got an a minus cinema score uh which for a horror movie is super high Crazy. it's the highest blumhouse opening of all time wow take it's that michael myers domestic and global yep it's yeah. the highest halloween weekend opening of all time wow and it's the highest PG-13 horror movie opening of all time. Keep going. Uh, the, best would be, the best would be if it got like a record for five day, right? I no. mean, it, it probably will, but I mean. Yeah, someone's this, five day, yeah. 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 This came off a $20 million budget. Uh, uh, that's, you know, that, that's that's not nothing, but that's, that's pretty low. Nothing. It's, it's yeah. low. It's high for Blumhouse. Um, yeah, but I mean, but, they uh, made all the suits. But it, you know. It's more more than quintupled that amount so far. Yeah. So I mean, it's doing it's, the job. Uh, it's that hutch fee. I'm sure. You know, he probably asked for like 19 million up front. Well, and I I feel like that 78 million might be a little low. Like I feel like it might come a little it, over that. By the time actuals. we get yeah. those estimates, those just yeah, it's just estimates. By the time we get the right. actuals, yeah, it could be potentially. I think higher. they're humble pieing this, unlike the Taylor Swift that wanted to look like it had a record for a weekend and oh. then just the next day backtracked. I feel like they're. They're humble pie in this, but like this did almost Taylor Swift number, like so fourteen off. <laughs> yeah, crazy. We'll we'll talk about this more as far as our thoughts on the movie are concerned or what have you. But one thing's for sure, I mean, the audience that was maybe younger when this these move these games were coming out grew up a bit, saw that there was a movie, and decided to flock to the theaters to mm-hmm. uh, see this in the in droves. Um, and to, to get into that more before we get to our, our our real thoughts on the film, I know Brandon. I'm curious how how did your your theatrical experience go of seeing this movie? It was insane. Um, so like this, like I, I said, like that that they bought the the rights to this like 2016, 2017. I Something think like that, that, yeah. that's really early, actually. Well, yeah, and it's you know, of course, we had COVID nineteen and whatever that. Yeah, you remember that? Um, 2015, 2015 is when it began. They bought yeah. it a year after the game was released. Twenty, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Um, okay, there's a little more details. Seth Grant Smith, <laughs> perennial guy that's attached to things and never actually follows through, uh, mm-hmm. was assigned to this. Uh, Gil Keenan from Monster House was assigned to this for some time. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Columbus was on to direct and co-write for some time. Okay, um, okay. So always in the same vein of maybe family horror. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so I went to this movie. I took my two children and I took a... Uh, one of my son's friends, um, all big fanatics. My daughter ha- brought with her all of her plushies and then all of her little mystery maze she had and like decorated her seat with them. Uh, <laughs> what are the age ranges? So my daughter is nine and my son and his friend are both 11. Okay. Uh, my son's been a, was addicted to Five Nights at Freddy's like shortly after it came out. He's some cousins were playing it. He was a young kid interested in spooky stuff. And he was like, what is this? And he was like too scared to play it for a bit or but like to watch or whatever. And so th- this has been like a thing like I've known about for quite some time. But I went to I, I don't know about. No, I like tried playing Five Nights at Freddy's like twice. And I was like, OK, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool idea. Cool. Like, you know, you play it in the dark, you get scared. Like, that's kind of cool. It's all about just jump scare and stuff. Went this movie. Packed theater Tuesday or Saturday afternoon. Like it's a two forty five screening, 
And this place, like it was louder than an Avengers movie on opening night. Uh. It was like <laughs> lots of things that happen and you're <laughs> and like pointing at the screen and like people like the girl next to me was going nuts the whole fucking time. <laughs> like, and then and, there were, were you annoyed by this or are you pleased by this? I was this. I loved it. This was crazy. Like this, you know, we need people back at the movies. We need excitement like this. Like there what was, was the, moments. What was the demographic was, of this audience? Oh my gosh. They were anywhere from my kid's age uh, to like early twenties. Uh-huh. I would say a lot. And there's parents there too. But this is so it's like, a pretty scat, like a pretty well-rounded crew, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audience, there were like loud cheers, claps, and stuff for thing. I didn't know what the fuck happened. I yeah. was just like, "What? Oh, okay." Like, and it was, and it was like some of them were like a championship was won, <laughs> and like they, they stayed to the credits decoding stuff, wow. like, "Oh, oh, that's oh, that's what it, I, that's what it said. That's what it." I was like, "What is going?" on and i mean it was just i felt so lost because there was claps cheers like god like and something i couldn't nothing it meant nothing to me i was so detached from this stuff but i was enjoying people's enjoyment to the the highest degree you could have and it was yeah it was insane that's a fun experience to be a part of where everybody's really engaged and you don't mind that they're engaged that sounds like it was louder than when Garfield shows up in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, it was louder than that. <laughs> like in the Tale of Two Kitties with Garfield. Shows yeah, up. <laughs> with a real Garfield, please stand up. Yeah, um, no. it, this sounds akin to like how Scott Mendelson describes his experience watching Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. Or anybody yeah. going to see Barbie this summer. Like, just nutso reactions. Sure. Just like everyone's having a great time. They're all in on the thing that they're doing, like good and good on them. I agree. That's you know. But like there. with those, like I could tell what the moments were, what was going on. This was just you're out a little, uh, more out to see the on, the, on the topic, but you're just like observing all this madness happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abe, what kind of terrible horror experience do you have? At your I, I didn't really. I mean, nothing compared to Brandon. Again, I really enjoyed those experiences where I was actually kind of hoping for that kind of experience where the screen or where the audience was really going at it. Mine, mine was just more of just uh people kind of just forgetting that they're the movie theater and kind of just getting up and, and around, moving around the theater multiple times and entering and exiting and kind of just uh, having side conversations about not the movie. So nothing crazy. It's just more of, man, what happened to, uh, what happened to just having a, a nice movie theater experience or movie theater etiquette? Uh, pandemic has certainly changed a little bit of that, but I would have been, I was, I went to the theater kind of hoping for the experience that Brandon had, to be honest. Um, and I, I kind of just had one that were that was not as engaging. Maybe, maybe I should have gotten to more of a packed show. My show, my theater was maybe 79% full. Um, but yeah, I'm fortunate that everyone was kind of just doing their own thing in the theater and not just throwing popcorn at the screen or um, uh, laughing along or, or doing anything that was related to uh, the movie or the game on the screen. How was your movie going experience? So I had intended to see the movie in theaters on Mm -hmm. Thursday night. Mm -hmm. I was going to see David Fincher's The Killer. And then I figured I can like see the movie afterwards. Um, And part of that was because I had learned of the tracking and the movie was like going to like make a ton of money. So I'm like, this is more popular than we realized, which is why we're doing this episode. So I was like, okay, I'll go see this in like a theater. And then I saw The Killer and then I was driving home and I was like, you know what? 
I am tired and I don't feel like it. So I didn't. Um, and so then I was like, well, the next day I could go to the theater. But part of the reason I want to go to the theater was so I could go fairly fresh without having like the reactions involved uh, as far as, you mm -hmm. know, the embargo breaking and reviews dropping or what have you. And I tend to avoid that kind of stuff anyway, let alone it doesn't tend to influence my decisions. Mm -hmm. That said, the fact that it is streaming on Peacock as well as in theaters, the 24 hours between me like wanting to go see it after seeing the killer and then like me actually having the time to see the movie I got pretty beaten down by like how uh, low the regard was for the film. And so I decided, you know what? I feel like I'm just going to stay home and watch this movie on Peacock instead. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what I did. That was my experience. Not <laughs> and you call yourself tomato meter approved critic. No, yes, it's actually yes, a, a totally did. fine choice. <laughs> yeah. uh, I actually, I enjoy that there is simultaneous uh, drops of it, but also... I don't know if you really missed much in the theater. Brandon's theater sounds amazing. My I mean, yeah, well, that's that was part of it. It was like, well, because like if the tracking's so high, that means that people are going to see this movie. So I'm thinking, okay, mm -hmm, like, yeah. yeah, let's go to a theater and like see this in like a crowded showing and, you know, get that kind of experience as well. Right. Because like, compared to like the trailer, which did not inspire much confidence in me, I'm like, well, people want to see this. So I guess that, you know, the experience might help. But that's where I landed. I landed on Peacock and that that's how things went for me. So. With all of that said, I guess we should talk about this movie, right? No, no, no. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, well, let's do it. Let's get to our review for Five Nights at Freddy's. I have a job for you. Piece of cake, really. Good. It's a security gig. Welcome to Freddy's. Have you met them yet? Met who? Foxy, Bonnie, Chica, and Freddy. Back in the 80s. Some kids went missing. What is this? It's why the place shut down. The police searched Freddy's. Hey! They never found the kids. <laughs> That should have been some of the trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. Based on the popular video game franchise created by Scott Cawthorn, the film follows a troubled security guard played by Josh Hutcherson, who accepts a nighttime job at an abandoned family entertainment center slash restaurant, where he discovers its four animatronic mascots come alive and are prone to murder. Dealing with issues of his own involving a brother who was kidnapped when he was young, Michael do all he can to survive his nights at Freddy's and more importantly, keep track of his young sister who has somehow befriended the animatronic murderers. Brandon, you've already talked about your experience going to see the movie, but I'm curious, you seem to have very little relationship to the game, but did you have much knowledge of what it, what what this video game entails and then what did you think of the movie? Yeah, um, I, I knew the video game entailed basically trying to survive a night at a haunted Chuck E. Cheese type thing. Mm -hmm. um, security cameras are a big deal in the, mm -hmm. in the game. I knew of, I knew names of, of uh, ones and what some of them look like, but I did. And I knew like, like I knew some of the, some of the things, but like, I didn't have it all together. And I'm sure my son, my daughter's rambled off stuff. Uh, uh, -huh, uh, -huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. At the Whatever. dinner table, they're trying to start a conversation yeah. with you. You're like, "Oh, sounds good." Good, no, Lisa. Like, a nice cannonball. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm at this movie going. Oh, I should have listened to them. I don't know. So I don't know. 
it's it's weird it's got this kind of like tonal imbalance and i had someone a friend of mine tell me like that kind of made sense with that is that like josh hutcherson's good in it but he's too grounded for what this movie is and feels off from it a bit and i was like that's kind of yeah kind of where i'm going here there's a lot of things i don't understand that are happening in five nights at freddy's and i don't know what audience wise what they wanted from some of these reactions i like i had to ask my my children like do people want the animatronics to murder people is that what you want or like what what's going on here with that um because there's a lot of cheers (laughs) show up stuff but i there's a lot of stuff that like right after the movie thing i'm like that falls apart completely i don't i think it is a bit long um and it got a bit weird about halfway through where i was like oh this is a direction i did not see us going i didn't i've seen a lot of people saying it's like one of the worst movies of the year i don't know about that i think it's wildly mediocre for the most part um and i was a bit lost but i didn't i never at any time was like oh this is just the worst oh my god i was never like that but um i don't know i don't i'll watch it <laughs> watch it again to like try to figure things out or anything like that but um i'm glad i saw it with the audience i saw it with because that made the movie for me rather than the movie I don't know how spoilery we're going into it, so I'm going to leave my brief synopsis loose here. Here, fair enough. Abe, here are yes. Five Nights at Freddy's aficionado, right? You can't can't stop playing the games. I mean, Freddy Fazbear. I have a costume of him in the closet right now. It's decaying right now. He's mad about the lore changes. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, hey man, that's not supposed to be the yellow bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've not played this game, uh, but I've uh, it's one of those situations where when a game becomes very popular, you, you can't escape it in the zeitgeist. So when it did come out, it was everywhere, right? And uh, when I don't play games that I know, when I know I'm not going to play a game that, that has come out, I'll kind of just watch a ton of either Twitch streams or I'll, I'll watch a ton of like YouTube videos about people kind of either reacting to it or just play it. Usually I watch it with no commentary just because I want to get um, a clean understanding of what the game is pretty fun game like the the premise is pretty simple the first one at least um and i enjoy that it has just elements of um a sound design in the game that have to that really make it very uh spooky um and it's just a bunch of jump scares and that's that's a pretty simple thing and it, it took off and exploded um so my understanding of the game is is fairly loose but um I think this movie is fairly forgettable. Uh, I, I can't really remember some of the things that I saw just a couple days ago. Um, I agree with Brandon that there's the Hutch effect, which is like, yes, this guy's actually pretty good in this movie. Uh, I, Aaron's laughing at the Hutch effect. It's it's a known quantity, Aaron. Please oh, look yeah. it up. Is that what it is? No, it's, it's actually <laughs> just something we just made up now. But um, yeah, he's he's good in the movie, but it just doesn't suit the movie that he's in because the movie does waver from sometimes very chilling visual effects uh, or things that you're seeing visually on the screen to just, it seems like it's um, a, a kid's movie. So I've seen a lot of, of people writing uh, gateway horror and I can see that, but at the same time, it's it's also just a movie that loses a lot of steam um, because it keeps going back and forth. So it's actually fairly superficial, uh, tries to go into like some, some uh, 
plot and story elements and they kind of just immediately backtracks um, which is unfortunate and i've seen people parallel it to the actual game itself so hutcherson falls asleep gets back up but you know they don't really do anything in the in the times that he's that he's kind of supposed to be on on the job um you kind of have weird dreams that he has a specific plot device but it doesn't really have sort of i guess the effects that i was thinking that it was going to have because the effects are again fairly simple but they're effective in the game of just dark alleyways people running up and down the hallways uh, and trying to get you um this game apparently i after i finished the movie i kind of just went on a spoiler territory mode watch a uh, a ton of videos and read a, a ton of stuff and i guess it covers the entire um gamut of games that have been released uh, in this franchise which was fun but yeah ultimately pretty forgettable kind of yeah i guess i would say mediocre but I, ultimately the 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 end all decision that i made um when i was done thinking about it was that it's just not a movie for me um uh, cuz it seems like it was a movie for some people uh, and I wish I had the experience that Brandon had, but yeah, it's not a movie that um, is uh, as coherent for me. So if it's good for kids, fantastic. A minus. When you said the A minus cinema score, I was very surprised by that. But hey, uh, again, not yeah, for me. right. Because I yeah. they pull everybody, not just hey, do you know all about Five Nights at Freddy's? Right. Well, keep going, sir. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, you know, no, that's I was talking about like the cinema score. But people like they're like, oh no, go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep right, moving. Right. You know about five? Okay, what did you think about? Yeah, the game? yeah. So, what about you, Aaron? What is your exp- exposure to the game, and what'd you think? It's funny because you know I'm an avid gamer, but I have no reference to this game whatsoever. Like I, it passed me by as far as my knowledge of the 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 18 games between different consoles that exist that it exists on um i i just don't have any reference for it so beyond just like hearing you know the alliterative name of five nights at freddy's it's like okay that sounds familiar to me but i just have no frame of reference as far as like how to play this game or what have you i've certainly seen stuff in like you know stores as far as like the the animatronic characters or what have you but i, I have no frame of reference for it so like i'm pretty Pretty much going in blind uh, beyond the idea of, I guess it's Chuck E. Cheese, but horror. That's <laughs> where I'm at with this. Sure. Um, as far as this movie's concerned, uh, um, there's a scene in There's Something About Mary where <laughs> Ben Stiller has been arrested for what the cops believe might be being a murderer when it's in fact Harlan Williams' character. And during the whole inter- in- the interrogation sequence, I guess Stiller says a number of wrong things leads to the detective to start beating on Ben Stiller's character. And it's very funny, but he concludes that scene by going, what the hell was that? <laughs> That's my reaction to watching the uh, five nights. at <laughs> um, I, I like mediocre is, I'm not going to say worst movie of the year, but mediocre is like, that's, that's, that's high enough praise. I would say that I like this movie is very bizarre to me. Like, mm-hmm. It it seems like, and I, I feel like part of that comes from what you guys are saying, like where you're trying to identify about the Josh Hutcherson thing. I do agree. I think he's good at being what he's being, but this movie he's in, it feels like there's aspirations for this to feel like an quote unquote A24 horror film, but like mm. it yeah. this movie isn't that. And it seems to like have a weird understanding of how to balance between being the fun animatronics come to life horror film that I feel like I wanted to see versus the I have a past trauma that I'm trying to reckon with and I need to 
the dream sequences. Yeah, I, yeah it's yeah. like it, it's pulling all that stuff in there. And now, again, being unfamiliar with these games, I'm walking in thinking, okay, he works at a place and there's evil robots chopping ball. Like, why not? Let's let's yeah. see that movie. And I'm not judging this movie on the fact that I didn't get the movie I was expecting. But it doesn't help that like I kept seeing outs for this movie to give me as far as, okay, so now we get to the fun stuff, right? And instead, yeah. the biggest issue I have is that's really dull. For all the stuff that it's going for, it's just a yeah. very dully presented. Uh, it was directed by Emma Tammy, who uh, directed The Wind uh, a few years ago. I think it's an IFC horror film, not a mistake. It's an indie horror film. Mm. Um, and again, I just feel like the, the, the efforts here, whether it's in the screenplay or execution from a direction direction standpoint it just feels like we're not getting to the stuff we would presumably want to see in a five nights at freddy's movie involving animatronics that are evil fast enough and the stuff that it's giving us up to to getting up to that point is like it's maybe good in concept for a different kind of movie that's more yes full to full on the the drama aspects or its themes it's going for but that stuff's just not exciting to watch based on just how it's presented to me. So it's it's a real mixed bag as I was watching this because it's there's like one key sequence where the animatronics do the thing, and I'm like, okay, cool, now we got to that, and then we just kind of go back down to the mediocre movie I've been watching, leading mm-hmm. up to a finale that goes all over the place. There's yeah. a lot of plot in this movie <laughs> as far as like things that occur, connections between characters, various forms of the genre in here like it's a killer robot movie it's a ghost story there's possession involved in here perhaps there's serial killer there's a serial killer there's a sci-fi elements by default because it's robots i mean there's yeah there's there's a lot it's like it's throwing out a lot at me and it just feels like there's a much simpler movie buried within this hour and 50 minute film uh that i was not getting (laughs) so i uh uh what the hell was that (laughs) <laughs> where I'm at i had a very similar thought which is yeah there's a lot of plot here just not a lot of story which is unfortunate and that's keep a good going way to back it, yeah. to a ton of plot points that you're just like what but it is it is a fan hard movie so if you know about yeah. five nights at freddy's this was hidden i don't it's it's not new user friendly at all from what that, i you know well, from my experience yeah. and but like they made this brand new movie that was like did you play the games? Did you read the books? Because I was getting stuff from my like, because I was I was like, wait, that costume with the girl called Baby or whatever that that's why. And my son's like, no, that's just from a book. Yeah. And then like the dog costume is based on a hoax some guy created, saying it was like a new thing that everybody fell for. Like this is total social media internet culture coming to life in this movie. Right. That if you're not paying attention, these so the biggest moment in the movie was when the like the taxi cab showed up. Yeah. Huge round of applause when they saw the guy driving. Yeah. I was like, oh, what what carry is that? What character is that? No, it's just a YouTuber. This is a YouTuber. Yeah, Corey, Corey yeah. Kenshin is the YouTuber. Yeah. And the yeah. waiter at the beginning. Yeah. He, got a, he got a good thing. He's I a noticed YouTuber. That guy, yeah, because I, I watched that guy. He makes those yeah. um uh theory videos theory videos yeah yeah games movies i know nothing also. about this stuff yeah it's so total internet culture type movie but it was again if it if you had the experience that i think that you had i would have been cool with it too because it was it seems like it's a very Gen it made Z, my experience better it did not improve it like the, the movie, movie better, but, but let me yeah. let me let me speak to the idea of it being this fan-centric thing like that's yeah that there's 
there's worlds where that works, where the movie's still, you know, palatable to anyone that watches it. Barbie is mm-hmm. a perfect example of that. I don't right. play with Barbies. I have no knowledge of Barbie beyond things that I learned, you know, just researching about Barbie. But there's, yeah. but there's that movie's stuffed to the gills with references to various Barbie characters and things like that. Mm-hmm. And just pop I'm culture, not, too. And just pop culture. I mean, there and, and there's a myriad of other, like, things I could, ref- I could, like, make note to as far as movies go that are certainly chock full of stuff that's recognizable to people that know the thing they're talking about. Fuck, the mm-hmm. Mario movie does that. And that's <laughs> akin to this movie where I find both of these bad, not because they don't feel like they're for me, but because I don't think they're well-constructed movies. No, they're, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what, what's weird, though, is I can say it's fan, 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 but then we got an A-minus cinema score. Yeah. That's like mom and dad liked it. Grandma went and saw it, liked it. Your neighbor who goes to two movies a year thought it was great. Like, I think we can. St- it's easy to speak to that as far as what we know about cinema score, where the movie ends on a fairly positive note. It deals it. The evil in question is vanquished, while the thing you came to see is still existing in some form. Good guys prevail. Like it's not. You know, we've seen plenty of horror movies that you know the dark yeah. aspects still stick around there. It's yeah. meant for the audience that you saw it with. So I'd imagine the people being pulled at CinemaScore is a well-rounded audience that's coming out yeah. to like re- reference it. Like, it, it, you know, CinemaScore is not a foolproof thing by any means whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. But I could, compared to a, compared to something like, well, Talk to Me also got like an A or a B plus or an A minus, I believe. Yeah. But also I think that's a, it's a satisfying horror experience. I think for an audience that's paying to see a very specific thing, right. It my take is that's, they're getting what they feel like they wanted out of something like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, totally I, would, I would say I agree with that, but I, I can yeah. get where an A minus comes from for this movie. There's a crowd, there's certainly a crowd pleasing element to it for those that I don't know, just were into what okay. they wanted to do here. Yeah. They, they came in Halloween weekend. They want to see a horror movie that was, you know, fun for them. And that's what it yeah. delivered. Sure. Yeah, totally, totally understandable. And uh, this is where I'm just like, hey, if you guys enjoy it, fantastic. There's a lot of tidbits in the end credits, I guess, that people are really uh, excited about as well. Um, but I think that there's there's some good stuff that's happening in this movie, too. And some of the positives that I, I like about it are mm-hmm. uh, the costume designs, uh, which are all practical. Um, and I enjoyed that they had the horror elements when they are horror elements. I kind of dug that. Like, I dug chase sequences. I dug inevitabilities that happen to some of these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just all the stuff that leads up to them are very like we said Aaron dull and then it immediately comes back to those dull moments so they're very ephemeral right. too so let's, let's talk about that let's talk about these horror I, moments okay the break-in is that the highlight yes yeah, yeah so that's, that's the, highlight the highlight of the movie and then and it, it, it end, that whole sequence ends in a shock for me for a movie I'm seeing I was like oh all right uh the the, the, the death that yeah uh, ended the scene I was like yeah oh and then later on they show some of the aftermath of that, and I'm like, "All right, this yeah. is why we don't dog PG-13 horror. Like, just go see the movie. It just got rated what it was rated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, like, mm-hmm. right, right after the sequence, Weirdsville. Like, did not yeah. see it going this direction. I did not expect Happy Time with the the vicious. Like, it was it was it was weird, and that's where I started just like." Yeah, what? And the movie just was like not interesting for me. And that's that stuff. That's why I want to talk about the horror element because, like, yeah. I can get behind, despite the fact that it's a giant 
robot that seems like it'd be very loud and i don't know how it would sneak around a place like that i can oh, get behind, sneaky Aaron. i can get behind the idea of creepy that animatronics like there is something inherently yeah. visceral about the feeling you can get from an animatronic thing that just like crankily moves around at you like i mean did you were you old enough did you go to like showbiz pizza or chuck e. I, cheese we have a chuck that they had the dark room the stage room and then it was separate from the games we have a chuck e cheese down that we had a chuck e cheese down the street for me i've never done it i've never like okay. beyond like well, playpen stuff i've never done like the animatronic experience okay so in the 80s you had a birthday party or something they had the dining room which was separate and it was in a dark room with three stages uh-huh and they had the animatronics and they had their band it was showbiz pizza for me when i was a kid and it became chuck e cheese later but the band had it was a gorilla for one of them and it was like a same animatronic but they put like this made him a purple monster thing for another one creepiest like he had this stare that you were just like he is going to kill me and like they're all creepy and all like weird Chucky there's uh, Billy Bob was the bear that was the guy for Chuck or showbiz and he got replaced by Chucky e. Cheese who was a side act during the showbiz pizza era but those were creepy it was just the way things were presented in the 80s mm-hmm. for kids that just kind of were like freaky um are are clowns i guess for that time but um yeah and like i said i i get it like as far as i get that that's yeah. inherent that could be inherently creepy and i've certainly right. seen the parodies and i've seen youtube videos of these things and like there's i know there's some that people that collect the pieces they, yeah. and they reprogram yeah. them to sing like other songs which is yeah i think is quite industrious but regardless cool. in, in this movie yeah. the horror aspect of that i can agree abe that like there are there are there are areas where the film shines as far as how to like build suspense. Obviously, that break in sequence is like the, the highlight in that regard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once it's like also telling you that the these these creatures, these, these robots can be mm-hmm. tamed or domesticated in some way, or just like act in a safe mode. It just it ruins anything it had going for me as far as like what is what is the evil here? Like I don't know what this yeah, I don't yeah. know how like if you if you're showing me both vicious murders as well as but they're also fun to play with, I'm very confused by what the film wants me to think about these things. Like, right, yeah. It doesn't yeah. have a consistent through line in that regard. I had the I, exact same thought. Yeah. I feel like the movie's the movie thinks its logic makes sense, but I don't think it did a good enough job communicating like why to us the audience outside of i guess the fans of the thing but even then i feel like it's just the thrill of seeing these things come to life as opposed to yeah. the movie doing an adequate job of explaining why this makes sense to them right and i had to ask like my son and he didn't know really but i'm like <laughs> so is this guy who is responsible is he like a warlock or something is that how he gets the and he's like no I'm like what how do they like become <laughs> the animatronic like you can't just like murder them inside of it and be like oh look it's you now like what is it? and they they have them in the dream sequence like let's give the credit to the dream sequences the first couple times you see them and the kids sitting there with little little uh things that are recognizable about the animatronics attached mm-hmm. to them yeah effectively like ripping off david lynch type creepy stuff that they could do but 
I mean, I don't know how ghost logic works in this movie either. Are they no? Psych- that's right. I don't are they, understand. Are they psychic ghosts? Because why are they tapping into Mike specifically in his subconscious? Yeah, I don't get how the dreams work or like right. And I, I and I, this I, is I, where, I, I read up on the games themselves too. Yeah, that did not help uh, because it, yeah. it because it feels like it lifts things from multiple games as far that's as right. the explanation behind stuff. Mm-hmm. That's so right. it left me more confused as to like, yeah. so wait, what are we doing here? <laughs> but games, that's where like games, books, and it does its own. So the first right, game yeah. has no backstory. My son told me that they didn't start getting in the backstory till much later in the game. So it wasn't yeah. like the first, it was the first one's this, the second one's jump scares and a little bit more, but these people who love these games started getting really into lore and yeah. they started getting really, and they started reading the books. Like they started making these books that were anthology books and stuff, but like getting really into yeah. that stuff. And I'm told that we never saw whatever child is the actual Freddy Fazbear. Like, that's the one we didn't see. The mm-hmm. one with the blonde hair is the golden Freddy that appeared um, later when Mary Stuart Masterson, hey, look who's in a blockbuster, was um, <laughs> babysitting at the apartment. Uh, that's yeah. who that, that blonde kid represented, which golden Freddy is different than uh, Freddy, Freddy. And there's also the spring trap golden bonnie that was later shown in the movie that's different than the blue but there's all sorts of ways to repurpose and sell different toys for these kids right um but yeah and that's all really well and good for all the people that that got it too but i yeah it's just what what is happening in the movie from what i'm getting in some of the dream sequences is what you would be playing in the game right so josh Hutcherson will wake up with like a scratch on his arm and be like how did that happen well, because like again in the game, you got attacked by this coyote guy, uh, and that's actually a fun. I was like, oh, I would have preferred to have seen the coyote guy, you know, on screen attacking Josh Hutcherson, even for a flash moment. But you kind of just see shadows in hallways, and even mm-hmm. when the when they do attack, it's actually POV in the movie. And I was like, oh, that's a choice, because I would have liked to. I would have been scared to see like a six foot tall rabbit or a six foot tall you know walking bear not even walking they're running yeah you. and i was like this is a frightening sequence it would have been fun to see that but you don't get that stuff what what i find fascinating about uh the hutcherson dream sequence stuff is added layers of what aaron said was uh trauma and it goes back to something that you you said like a few weeks back Aaron, which is like why is there always a trauma in like a horror movie? It's like, I, yeah, I don't know either. Like, trauma. We're in the trauma exploitation oh, era. We're probably yeah. coming out of it. It's I a, hope so. It's Cause a they're very preferred flavor right now. That's for sure. Yeah. This is a movie that, that either, you know, if you were going to do it, I think that you could have done it more effectively because um, there's a sequence later in the movie where there is a, a, a semi-serious conversation between Josh Hutcherson and a child. And I was like, the only thing that doesn't work here is that the child is delivering these lines and if it was delivered in a menacing voice, which was 80 yard or something like that, that actually would have been pretty fun. But it's just like he can't match Josh Hutcherson. And Josh Hutcherson, again, doing more than is what required for the role. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think that there's just some things that really miss the mark um, for an audience that is not aware of the situation. But it still could have been um, made for to have it fairly more inclusive for something that, that just comes in pretty blind for these things. And that's where I, I do have to give it some points off of just, it just, 
as we have all said, it kind of just coherently just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And when you do pick up some of the steam, you lose it immediately. And that, that doesn't help either. I, I will add this to the Hutchison character. Yeah. Mike's just not very likable. <laughs> I think that's also part of it that doesn't help. Yeah. I think he, he makes certain choices that try, seem to want to like deliberately throw you away from this character. And I don't think that work is done to really earn it back all that much beyond like, the inherent necessity of trying to save children but it's like he loves his sister kind of (laughs) he loves her enough he he loves her on principle it seems like because like the stuff involving mary stewart masterson's aunt jane character it's a horror movie and it's a horror movie based on five nights at freddy's it's a video it's not like i need like you know masterful depth here but it's just so cliche and tired (laughs) watching her do this watching her be like nakedly evil and like the reasoning, like she only wants to get the sister so she can get the checks. But it's like she looks pretty well off. I don't think she needs these yeah. checks for anything. Like, did you see her car though? It's like a pretty shitty car. Well, and like, what did was there never an investigation about her found dead in Josh Hutcherson's? A lot of questions. Play? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're all pretty good at one point of the movie. Or I'm like, who eh. knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe the bear just gave her a, like a bottle of wine. And she's like, glug, glug, glug. To, to get back to Hutchison real quick, just because of this logic we're now questioning. Yeah. Sure. His character is someone who, like, his kid, his brother was kidnapped when he was very young. Yes. And he's somehow gone an additional 17 years about reckoning with that, apparently. And the, the first instance were, inter- were, in, were introduced to him is he sees a kid get take. He thinks the kid gets kidnapped, so he goes and charges after a guy tackles him into a fountain and punches him almost to death mm-hmm. and it's like okay. you won't stand for it Aaron like how often is this happening for one thing and then we get like the whole spiel like, it's overly his... aggressive it's very aggressive and it's like how frequently does this happen we get a whole well, backstory I mean, involving his jobs his credit, that's the most active security mall member I've ever seen in my life <laughs> I know. So, but it's it's a lot him. it's a lot of this stuff where I'm like I mean this is the character we're supposed to like be be all about this guy like it, it, i actually like, i i dug that they actually gave me some more backstory but then when the backstory just keeps doesn't keeps on does, not making a ton well, of sense it doesn't, it doesn't really yeah. work yeah. at the mall at the beginning like he's in line and he's talking to the girl at the ice cream place like he's there regularly it's like so it was just this day he saw something at the mall and decided to go ape shit like it's, it's clumsy that's my point here i think like trying yeah. to get us involved in this character i don't think is handled all that well where it's like no. i i can agree that no, hutcherson is doing what he's asked it's yeah. not him that's the problem it's the result that we're getting yeah. out of this but it just doesn't do much i will say okay. matthew lillard i think understands what's going on here matthew lillard seems to mm-hmm. get the vibe that's supposed to be used for this movie i yeah there's not a lot yeah, of yeah. him in this film but i do think that he's on he's on point with what he's asked to do yeah i mean yeah, he's, he he's a vet at this back. point yeah um did you guys find this movie humorous not really no okay. no i i can't <laughs> you asking that question he's like wait were there jokes in this like, I... I mean my crowd laughed at stuff <laughs> yeah like, I was like... there's like apparently like there's inside jokes but i i the only parts where i found it funny were uh balloon boy just showing up and just Mm-hmm. Josh Hutcherson repeatedly turning him around so that he's not looking at at him like that um, stuff. Yeah. Also, those are some lazy jump scares. Everything involving that thing. Uh, there's a lot. There's there's a few where that just yeah. there's no like if the camera wasn't there, it wouldn't be a jump scare. Like it's right. just like someone turning casually and seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing that makes that jumping. That's just like 
Well, there's that thing, I guess. Like, there's nothing right. there. Oh, no, they had shadows galore. They'd always like show a shadow, and I hear the people go, oh, Chica, Chica, it's Chica, it's Chica, Chica, Foxy, Foxy, Foxy. Speaking but, uh, of Chica, it, it, not what, enough screen time. <laughs> it, but uh, you at you asking about the humor though? That does make it like there's certainly room to make this funnier, and that's my like because we get like this whole montage of them like having happy fun time with the sister, and it's like okay, but none of that's like really fun. It's just more like here's some downtime, I guess, from whatever else the hell we were doing. But mm-hmm. like the nature of these creations, which is you know, it is a parody of Chuck E. Cheese. That lends itself pretty naturally to good humor. Like, this could be a good horror comedy, but it's not. It's just a horror movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's not trying to be anything else than that. Mm-hmm. When there's Elizabeth Lale, who's like, is that how you say her name, Lale? Sure. Vanessa? Yeah. Oh, Vanessa, okay. She's bubbly and weird and, fun, like, got this nice energy that comes in there. To Hutcherson's like, I'm cold. And I don't. I don't disagree, but it's not enough to, like, it doesn't. It's it's bubbly without being like fun. Like it's not it's not yeah. a very like the 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 charisma or whatnot of screen energy that's supposed to come out of this. It's like okay, like that's that's something different. But it's not like I don't know. It's not like Jamie Kennedy suddenly walked on the screen. You know, our our hero no, Jamie Kennedy, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> in Scream and you know like, yeah. gave, it, like, oh, gave, it, like gave it like a whole new or even Matthew Lillard in Scream yeah. gave it, like a whole new energy. It's just more yeah. like well that's that's not more of the depressing stuff from Josh Hutcherson. So that's different, I guess, without it being. Yeah, yeah. Like, Super but fun. she's 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 at a wavelength where I think that character should probably be to fit the rest of the movie, which goes with the tonal inconsistencies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like Matt Matthew Lillard's the same way. There's there's all kinds of things happen. That's what I'm saying. What the hell is because like, like it's like, all yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> he he's so like stoic, like angry, like and the way he is to the point where I'm like, I wonder if she's really a cop. <laughs> you know, because like yeah, I, we've got I a security guy. Yeah, like, well, based on the movie, I was like, is she a cop? Is she even there at all? Does anyone else see her? Is she a real yeah. person? <laughs> is she act? Is she gonna be one of the fucking animatronics? Like, I like what? That's I, yeah. My mind which, went into a lot of places. Side, which side of her body did she get stabbed on? Because I swear it switched. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Um, I want to ask Brandon uh, a question about uh, his viewing experience with his kids. Did they think that, oh, there's there's totally room for sequels here? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, uh, you know, I was like, was well, the next one going to be Sister Location? Because I knew that title. And they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know all, all this stuff. Like, there's Sister Location, Security Breach, Ultimate Custom Night, uh-huh. or uh, Pizzeria Simulator. Something like there's all sorts of there's all different ways. And my daughter had one of the plushies. I was like, which one's that? I didn't see it in the movie. She's like, oh, this is from Sister Location. I'm like, oh, so there's wow. whole animatronics we don't know about yet. They they can they can milk this good with all the money it made. We will see five nights at ten, six nights at Freddy's yeah. uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> so. But but and the good thing is this could go like other doll. Yeah, there's room. Try things where the second it one could starts, be better. Yeah, right, there's right. there's room to do this. There's room for. I mean, you know, I assume that Emma, uh, Tammy has the option to do a sequel by default because sure. she she got it. I mean, you got to yeah. bring it. She made the one that made all the money. So you mm-hmm. bring her back, you get everybody in tow, and and not even saying necessarily like it's her issue. It's just more the film just didn't come together for me. But right, um, right, right. But I so yeah, I'm not. I'm not against the idea of let's do this again and maybe it's better next time. Like, like again, I didn't hate this movie. I don't think it's terrible. It's just more of like, what is this? Like, it's yeah. it's like I, mm-hmm. 
even less than even more so in the than the like than it which i know most people like a lot more than i do where that one at least i get i just didn't respond to it the same way this is more like this is pulling a lot of different things and it's doing yeah. something i don't know um I mean, it clearly was in some sort of scripting stage for a long time and there are ideas that I, people are probably attached to and wanted to keep on board and they try to maybe blend it all well it has one two three four five different people involved in the screenplay wow. that are credited yeah <laughs> so i mean it's yeah. it's really had a lot of work uh um, i want to know who say, did the punch-ups let me just say I seth grassmith <laughs> um um does this work as gateway horror Possibly. For, it's certainly got an A minus yeah. cinema score. It's PG thirteen. So but here's the thing: I think, I think a lot of horror works. People, a lot of people, a lot of people saying that. But isn't the game itself gateway horror? Yeah, so like, and the game is you've already actually done that. Then it's already too. there. Like, yeah, the game's a lot spookier. It's very yeah. interactive, and that's gateway horror. This is just an extension of people who are already into that gateway horror. So that people yeah. probably already found horror i mean maybe a lot of them are like oh i saw a blumhouse movie now for the first time but i think there's other gateway horror that that i would recommend over this all the time for um, sure we have a whole like episode it, on that yeah yeah but also like what was the black phone rated that's our that's our okay it's like it's, a, it's, it's a, like a somewhat stuff. light r but it's our yeah yeah but i mean like, even things like monster house i think is better than this um and even Coraline, i think is is better than this um, mm. which are much more... Those are both animated to some degree, uh, claymation, slow motion, and animated. And I think they have a more coherent storyline. So as far as like gateway horror, sure. But at the same time... Well, heck, uh, Ma- Megan. From yeah. That's, that's PG-13? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah, the unrated version's that. on Peacock. Yeah, I would say that is a that is a good gateway horror. Yeah, But yeah, as far as gateway horror, the question goes... I would I would tell you to go watch something else or I'd tell people to go watch something else because this movie is just um it's not it if you don't know the games. I know people decry the fact that it's PG that any horror movies rated PG thirteen. I think it's a nonsense argument to have, but I I mean especially with something like mm-hmm. this, which is a game that's geared towards not necessarily geared towards, but it certainly has a legion of fans that are not adults that yeah. like it. I don't think the problem with this movie in any way, shape, or form is the fact that it was PG thirteen. That there's plenty yeah. of accomplished movies that don't have an R rating that can do, right. that can do what this thing is doing. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing really to add there beyond you're wrong, people. That think PG thirteen is the issue, but uh, no, it never. Yeah, it, it's definitely I not mean, the issue. Once in a blue moon, it is. Uh, but most of the time, it's just they submitted. There's there's your rating, and they get away with stuff in PG thirteen that you won't believe. So. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, I've never, never followed that. I had another question, but I can't think of it. Anthology um, series that'd be great. I mean, depending on the way they go, if these still yeah, if it is like a sister location, then yeah, it would inherently be in an anthology series. Yeah, they have a they have books. Their books are anth- set up like anthologies. Like I don't I don't know what else you do with Mike. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the furthering stories. Well, well, uh-huh. um, they changed something with Mike. So huh? I believe in the game, Mike. They were my kids were telling me in the game. Mike is, uh, William Afton's son, and now that you've seen the movie, you've seen they've. Done That's not the case with Mike. So, mm. um, that was a that was a change. Um, I think that's what they they were telling me when they because they wanted to tell me things, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What was it like? Did they change stuff that you got mad about or whatever?" And they they weren't too mad about the changes and stuff, but mm-hmm. but that keeps people on their toes when you're, you know, you can't just have straight adaptations. It's no fun. 
That's boring. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about this film. When should people go and see Five Nights at Freddy's? Brandon? Have you played the game? Have you played more of the a lot of the games? Are you a fan of the game? If so, go see it. Uh, if not, do you probably pass? Abe? Uh, just check it out on streaming. Probably, even if it has commercials in it. Fortunately, if you watch it on Peacock, there are no commercials in it. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> premium i um uh, agree i think it's more of a curiosity than anything important to you know add to your annual horror list um certainly if you're a fan of the games there's obviously something there for you um but i can't say that i saw anything here that inspired me to either want to pick up the games or you know revisit this because maybe i didn't get it the first time but you know i'm certainly open to better versions of this in the future given the massive amount of money that it's making currently at the box office that will inspire future sequels. I'm happy for that. Like, I think that yeah. that's cool. Um, new stuff, getting, you know, like, that's great. Like, I'm happy for his success, if I, even if I don't like the movie. Yeah, certainly, uh, yeah. certainly not, not positive to take away from that. Certainly not begrudging anyone for enjoying an experience at the movie mm-hmm. theater watching a movie. <laughs> that's that's a far, that's far away from anything that I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, this is showing well, that young there's always the misnomer of like the young audiences and blah, 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 and this is proving them the f wrong. So young yeah. kids will still movies still matter. They'll still go to the theater. They just need to you know give them something that's theirs. And adults, you don't need to be gigantic fans of Five Nights at Freddy's because it was successful at the theater, and they're probably gonna and you're gonna get sequels. It's okay. I know yeah. social media and stuff that you got and YouTubers and all that. Oh, you're you're a big fan of everything that ever came out. You know it all about everything. Oh my gosh, this is how the reaction. Just let it go. Let the keep it to the Five Nights at Freddy's people. Unless exactly, maybe if you if you were into it, have this cool. Welcome to the club. But but let let the people who are already there um, continue to be real fans of it and you don't need to feign enthusiasm because now it's a popular thing beyond the games just for real i i have enough of it with <laughs> other things i'm like mm-hmm. you guys are not fans of like everything stop so that's my piece that's my piece on i like it take that influencers FNAF. i remember the question i was going to ask have you oh, guys yes. have you guys seen either willie's wonderland or the banana splits movie i've seen willie's wonderland how did I see Banana Splits? I, I didn't watch I see, Banana Splits, I, I but I've seen Willy's parts Wonderland. of Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, two movies that are both fresh on Rotten Tomatoes currently. Yeah, um, I've yeah. seen Willy's Wonderland. Um, I have not seen the Banana Splits movie, but um, I will say, I wouldn't say I'm huge on that film, but it does accomplish what I essentially thought would be getting done in this yes. movie. Yep. Do I do yeah. I need a carbon copy, or do I need like all of my animatronic movies to be the same? That's not what I'm saying. But in terms of this concept that movie does feel like it nailed what I needed out of that as far as providing creepy animatronics, uh, having Nicolas Cage in a silent performance, no less, uh, does not hurt whatsoever. And it ha- it's, tr- it's, it's aware enough of itself. It feels like there is a level of humor on hand to grapple with how ridiculous the situation is um, while still providing a level of tension. Again, I'm not huge right. on that film, but it does sure. seem like it's it's a more satisfying version of what I thought Five Nights at Freddy's would deliver. So again, you know, if there's more in the future to come, let's I can only hope that it, you know, raises the raises the bar on what can come out of the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. Mm-hmm. More Nights at Freddy's. 
And we'll all just gather around and watch the Banana Splits movie at some point. I, I think it's actually just going to be called A Fortnight at Freddy's. <laughs> See, that's where I what like. What is the next? Where are they going to pluck? Like, who's what thing? Are they gonna be like? We need some of that Five Nights at Freddy's magic. What's out there? Dig Doug. Dig Doug. Dig Doug. Well, I would like for your kids to submit a bunch of pitch ideas because I have you know Jason Blum's phone number, so we'll give him a ring, and your kids can can pitch him on. Uh, you know, the sequels here. Yeah. There we go. We'll see. All right. Well, we've talked plenty about Five Nights at Freddy's, and that's going to wrap up this bonus episode of Out Now Authority. You can find more of my work by personal blog at thecodazeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for Leave Entertainment and Wise of Blue for Blu ray, Criterion, and Movie Reviews. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more of my stuff over at Instagram, Abe.mua, and Twitter.com slash Follow Hashtag, we're going to need a bigger fort. Brandon Peters, where can people find more of you online? All right. I'm. On the socials at Brandon4KUHD. I have a YouTube channel. You can check that out. Weissablue.com uh, for written reviews. And uh, the Brandon Peters Show, the podcast uh, that you always hear about on here. Uh, you can currently check out the Night of the Demons retrospective with Greg uh, McGoon and Jessica Alsman. And then coming up, uh, doing a Products of the Panic entry with Indictment. Cool little uh, movie about the McMartin trials from... Mm early 90s all right okay you can find all of the other episodes of out now with Aaron and Abe on itunes audio spotify and stitcher we're on the internet everywhere you can find uh podcasts for sure we're on all the socials follow us on all of those and uh itunes reviews, iTunes reviews and ratings good to get those helps out so much in advance. for sure brandon thank you very much for joining us this evening. thank you brandon thank you for all five nights <laughs> stay safe stay alert And that's going to conclude our October horror coverage. We did it. (laughs) And of course, as we all know, we can't watch horror movies again until next October. That's how it works. We look forward to covering all of the turkey movies next month. Including Thanksgiving, a horror movie. Uh Uh-oh. That's going to do it. That's not allowed. For this bonus show. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Out now, always confess.